Blog Talk Radio. Race fans, welcome to the most listened to show on the 110 Nation Radio Network when it's hot, it's hot. Presenting you the caution flag of racing radio, the DJ Music Man, and the Tasmanian Devil of Flaggers. Here's your host, Chris. Chris and Tad. Tonight, I believe we've got one uh, one body in the studio. I think we're, we're still waiting on the other one to get here. But uh, we'll yeah, what are you doing, Mister Tad Taylor? Ah, uh, I wish I could say I got some Dover action, but unfortunately, did not. Saturday, well, actually, no. Sunday, I got a little bit, and Monday, I had to work during it and didn't get the highlights. Saturday, I was out at the racetrack. Man, oh man! I mean, I think they kind of put a a a, a dig it's on all of us uh, being a Monday race. I know I had to work as well, and very few races do I miss. But I was able to catch it on uh, MRN.com. As a matter of fact, this time my car is in the shop. Uh, I'm getting a a brand new uh, panoramic moonroof being installed into my car. You say, well, Chris, uh, my goodness, how'd you turn into your car into a panoramic-style roof? Well, I didn't. It was already was, and the sunroof went out in it. And in order to replace the sunroof, friends, guess what they have to do? Replace the whole panoramic moonroof. So I am in a vehicle that does not have Sirius XM radio, does not have leather interior, does not have heated seats, I could probably go on and on as, as a list of the things that I do not have right now that my car does have, but uh, we would waste the whole show doing that. I, I see Craig Kelly, uh, he, he's gotten in as well. Craig Moore, how are you doing? You know what, buddy? I'm above ground. It's a good day. I picked another winner. I am happier than Yeah, I am yeah, yeah, than yeah, yeah, yeah. So that has to be like four or five this year for me. Yeah, um, I mean, it went Craig, from three or four to four or five, maybe five to six. I don't know. Sounds about like that. Uh, a couple Craig, years on, ago. Craig and started out, as, Craig started and out a couple pounds, and then it wound up eight pounds. Now it's eighteen pounds. So, Craig in total has four picks. Correct. Uh, wow. Shockingly, only two in cup and two in trucks. Wow. Hey, you know what? 
It doesn't matter, baby. I'm leading the I'm leading the I'm leading the points, baby. I'm leading the overall points, Anthony Heard. Uh he actually was the one that brought that up, brought it to my attention. I wasn't paying attention. Um, but yeah. I I also had to work on Monday but did get a chance to listen to a little bit of it in the car in between appointments. Uh sorry about that. I'm just getting in the car from work now. <laughs> but oh, you work out. I hate. What's that, buddy? You, 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 did you just say you work out? God, no, I don't work out. I didn't get this fat stomach for no reason. Oh, I was about to say she really does have you. Uh, have you... <laughs> I said I, I was. Wow, what's next? You gonna quit smoking cigarettes? No, hell no. No, I just got out of a meeting, so... Do an open-heart surgery My... later, and hell no is the answer on quitting cigarettes. I can see where this show's no. going already. It's off the damn map. Because, my guys, so, you know, I mean, look, it is what it is when you don't have a when you don't have a Sunday race in NASCAR. This is a great subject to open up on, Craig, and we'll get right to yours. But let's just let's, let it be a yes and no answer. That way we can get right to what you wanted to talk about. But, Craig... It is summertime again, and I think last year and the year before, we've seen this multiple times. They're waiting until a 2 o'clock start time. We get about 45 minutes to an hour of racing. Then the afternoon showers come down, and we're winding up having a race on Monday. Guys, wait, 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 start time. wants to go hold back on, to a 12 o'clock start time. Wait, Give me a 1 o'clock start time and a 3 o'clock start time. Bam, we're done. End of story. Wait, hold on. We're in summer. We're in the Northeast. We're still trying to figure out if it's winter or spring yet. Well, dude, let me tell you this. I don't know about I don't know about Chris, but at where I'm at, it was 93 degrees today. So it is <laughs> summer in South Florida. Yeah, it, it was 90 here, and it's going to be a low of 63 tonight. We uh, we spent the entire afternoon getting our swimming pool ready. So while y'all are arguing out there that springtime or still winter, you're, uh, Craig and I have put well, on the boxes. We put the speedos on. We've shaved our chest hairs, and we are ready for for summertime. You guys as yeah, low as our so, high up here. All right, so let's get back. On, try to get back on. He didn't that. deny it though. He didn't deny the shaving. I didn't of shave his the chest hair so yet though. I didn't shave my chest hair, though. I have shaved my back hair, but that's a subject for another show. Getting back to what you said, Chris. Did you use nails? Getting back to what you said. I. It's very hard to shave my own back hair. Uh, getting back to what you said. Give me standard start times. 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock on the East Coast for East Coast races. 3 o'clock for West Coast races. That way it's a standard time. I know we can't predict the weather, but for crying out, Christmas, this this varied start time every week is ridiculous. You can't plan your Sundays. You cannot plan your Sundays. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You cannot plan your Sundays if you don't know what time the race is. Every week, I'm like, what time's the race this week? All right, well, honey, we got to be home or I got to be in the car so that I can listen to the race. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, I think that, I mean, so like the last several weeks, I've seen it start at the same time. Uh, even we were surprised when we found out that we had a 2 o'clock start time uh, for Talladega. 
because we've started as early as 12 o'clock and as late as 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So, you know, it was uh, – um, I like it a lot better when it is a 12 or 1 o'clock start time because that's, you know, anytime you're going into that 2 and 3 o'clock area, uh, for those of us that like to go home that night, uh, you know, it puts on quite a bit of pressure uh, getting us home at a reasonable hours. But, uh, you know, well, look, I, I'm speaking in defense of the people who paid to go to a racetrack because for the first time in our life in October, we had to come home without seeing a race. And that was just the most saddest, horrible thing that we've ever had to go through. And I don't ever want to have to do that again. And, and NASCAR, it was a late start time. We could have had, possibly gotten half the race in if we had started at a noon uh, start time. In the South, it's guaranteed to rain somewhere about 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon because that's just the good Lord uh, cooling us off. Now, back to the important subject here. That is Craig Moore's back here because I have a very uh, memorable story uh, about back here. Uh, I was uh, a freshman in college at East Central Community College. I had a roommate. His name was Brian Moore. He was a, we were non-traditional students, which means we were a little bit older than the rest of the people that were in our dormitory. But I remember uh, Brian Moore had a hot date that night, and he come to me with this crazy look in his face, and he was like, dude, would you do me a favor? This was the last time I did anybody a favor. By, the, by, the, by 10 minutes later, he had me in the bathroom wiping nair on his back. To this day, one of the most disgusting things I can ever admit in my life that I did. I helped, uh, I helped my doormate uh, clean his back <laughs> using nair. Oh, please let's Ow. get off that subject because that, that's just going to give me nightmares for the rest of the week. Oh, it's horrible. So, so I, know I got a question for you. Discussing things in college, but that that by far is my worst. Uh, but uh, yeah, what what's the question, Chris? I got a question for you. Have you listened to? Uh, um, you, I know you were out working on the in the car today. The tractor trailer almost cut me off. Uh, what do you think about Ross Chastain's move to block uh, to block Martin Truex? I mean, what I, are we? I call what are we it here to do? Go ahead, Tess. I swear. Go ahead, Sam. I Hello? the block. Yeah, I mean it's racing. That's what you're there to do. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I can't really talk. I can't really talk much because I haven't gotten to watch the highlights. But I mean, if you're gonna block, you're gonna. If you block within reason, it's cool. But if you're gonna block just to be a douche, well. Well, well, I look at it like this. Am I paying you to lay down or am I paying you to win in my race car? I think I'm paying yeah, you to win in my race car. I know where you're going by the pre-show of this. And, and look, we haven't had a problem of wrecking people for the win. We haven't had a problem with going down to the last lap. I'll be real honest with you. Since Taz has not seen the actual incident, my take on the incident is Martin Truitt let out of the gas and the car kicked sideways and he spun out. So... Uh, Chastain didn't do anything but try to make sure. We have watched people at the end of the regular season lose their chance in a chase by one point. So every point matters, and at at all costs. I, I think we can all agree to that. 
Oh, absolutely. And I get it. I get it. Martin Truex is in a, in a contract season. So is so is Kyle Busch. I get it. But you know what? You let out of the gas and your car breaks loose. Somebody's near you. Something's going to happen. Quit whining. Quit complaining. It's not our fault that for some reason you lost your mojo just a So, and then I've got to ask another question. Got to ask another question. Denny Hamlin, I know he's got to win. Big deal. He either is fire on fire in a good way or he's on fire in a bad way. I think I read that he's currently, even with that win, he's low down in points. Not 100% certain if somebody can check that for me. But I'm going to tell you what, if we keep having first-time winners, somebody's not making not making the big show. And he's going to obviously you said he didn't lose his crew chief apparently, Chris. He lost somebody else. He lost two other people people besides the crew chief. Is that what I read correctly? What with what what with what Denny Hamlin? Yes, sir. No, I believe the crew chief was still suspended, but it, it was the left tire changer. Uh, hold on, hold on. Let me just let me just read the insert that I sent. Um, okay, Bob Parker said, "Weird deal here. NASCAR suspension on the 11 car. Okay, NASCAR suspended Blake Houston, listed as the front tire changer." even though Mike Hicks, which was listed as the rear tire changer, was on the lost front wheel with new choreography. NASCAR says it is suspending who is listed as front changer in the situation on the 11 car. So being that the driver, being that this crew member was listed as the front tire changer, being that they're changing these tires in a different rotation, uh, the guy who didn't make the mess up actually is the guy who was suspended. So um, this is an interesting question that had popped up earlier in the year with, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, one of the fan questions was, how do they determine who is suspended in these types of situations? Well, this is one of those things that we couldn't have called two weeks ago, three weeks ago when that fan question uh, was, was asked. Uh, now we know, like, like, it can literally be somebody who did not even uh, create the, the issues. They didn't even uh, cause the penalty, but they are listed by NASCAR as the, the one who should have been in that position. So, I, I, I mean, <laughs> you got to scratch your head at NASCAR and think, you know, okay, if you know that this is not the guy who did it, then why does it matter that who was listed as the – Tire changer. I, I'm just not. I know. I know that I'm sure they have to present the roster. But this isn't the batting lineup that we have in Major League Baseball. Okay, this is. Uh, you know, the, the, the obviously um, NASCAR needs to rewrite the rule or put in. You know, whatever they need to do because it is senseless for a team to lose a member of a crew that did not have anything to do with the penalty. So, um, you know, that's that's that's. I don't know how deductions are made or if you lose any money by not being able to participate, uh, but you would think that there is some kind of fine to that. And uh, I wouldn't want to be paying the fine for somebody else's crime 
especially when it's just uh, basically a mess in the rule book because up until this year, there hasn't been a, a, a new way to do a pit crew. So, uh, yeah, I'm just not very happy uh, with how that's played out. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that either. I think that, uh, you know, I get they got to have some sort of a roster deal so they know who's doing what. But at the end of the day, whoever commits the crime should be doing the time. And I don't know if actually spending the crew chief, and I know we'd probably be the dead horse on this, but I don't know if actually spending the crew chief is such a good idea. That's like that's a prime example. John Riggins of the Washington Redskins, when Coach Gibbs was the coach, screwing up, and he they suspend Coach Gibbs for four games. Just suspend the player. Don't penalize the team because that team is still going to use that crew chief from their war room either at the house or at the office. And I'm curious I'm curious to know how they police that too, but I just think that you know, I just think suspending him is I just think suspending the crew chief is you know, Denny Hamlin's had a hard luck season say what you want about his win. It's he's, he's either been on fire in a good way or on fire in a bad way. And case in point, he wins stage, he wins stage two. He comes out and his tire beats him off pit road before his car gets there. So, you know, it just sucks for, it just sucks for Denny Hamlin fans and the 11 team and the whole Joe Gibbs organization that, uh, you know they're going to use. They're going to lose. I think his crew chief is Chris Gabehart, if I'm not mistaken. But they're going to lose. They're going to lose the crew chief and two tire changers and or, you know, right. a tire changer and a jackman. So, I mean, so I'm not sure if you guys kind of followed along on what I shared with uh, basically a thread from Eric Jones's right tire changer on the wheel issue. But obviously, um, now we have crew members who are literally. Uh, speaking back, okay, talking back to NASCAR because obviously they, these guys either feel like they're being uh, penalized without cause or reason. Um, they feel that this basically Justin Fielder, Fiedler feels that uh, that uh, NASCAR is a general problem and NASCAR needs to look into it. Um, he basically, uh, he said, obviously, we, we still continue to be challenged by the one lug setup. We saw that yesterday with the 11 and the 16, but we're only 11 races into this deal, and we're learning every week. Here's a couple of thoughts that he had. He said, from the time he engages on the nut to the swap of tires to the nut being tight against about two and a half seconds. As comparison, that's probably two seconds faster than the five – um, that's about five seconds uh, faster than a five-lug stop. So there is much less time to make decisions. You better be confident and tight before you leave. Y'all listen now, because this is where it gets real interesting. He said, also, I feel like the feedback you get from the gun itself is very different than a five-lug gun. It's easy to confuse sound feel with this new piece and think that you have a wheel tight when you don't. I've been super conservative in this area 
and this will get better with rep with repetition. Then he goes on. He says the confusion or misunderstanding of what a tight wheel is, I believe, is what has caught a lot of less experienced changers out. They think it's good. The car leads, and now there is no margin for error. It's either tight or most likely coming off. The issue for the 11 specifically yesterday was the nut came out of the socket when the changer pulled off the hub. This is very easy to do, even with Magnus and O-Ring. He didn't recognize it immediately, and the rest of the 11 team didn't catch it quick enough. Because basically, they have, they're, they're three seconds and they're done. This is where it gets real interesting. And, and that is what I think the other big challenge is right now for teams, said Justin Fielder. When you, go, when you do have a problem, especially on the left side, how do you communicate it quickly so that the crew chief can stop the driver from leaving? It's something that we've talked with our crew chief about quite a bit, especially lately. And we've been behind the wall, guys, uh, look, you know, being, trying to look out for the problems to aid where they can. It's an easy situation to address, though, when an entire stops. It's not an easy situation to address, though, when an entire stops are taking 10 seconds or less. In the past, we've had issues where lug nuts weren't tight. The driver could usually make a lap, come back. Now we have to stop the car on the spot. That's a big shift, but we're learning and discussing constantly as we see things each week. Remember, too, that when it comes to crew chiefs, they're watching pit road to make sure that the driver is clear leaving the box so they have one eye on the pit road and the situation to them right now. Uh, I could go on and on. Um, as a fellow pit crew guy said to me yesterday, live by the sword, die by the sword. Pit road, pit stops are not for the faint of heart, but it will get better. Uh, thanks for coming to my Twitter feed. Um, well, what are you guys, uh, in a brief summary, what are you guys, is he being a crybaby? Is he trying to get NASCAR's attention? There is some truth and some, uh, uh, some worth in what he just said. Guys, you know, here we are, open table. Tell me what your thoughts are. Because, look, this has been a continued subject 11 races in. What does this guy, is, he, is it more clearly now of what's the issue with these uh, loose tires, and loose nuts and tires coming off? All right. Here's my thought. We had the same problem with the five lugs last year. We were losing lug nuts. We were losing tires. I, I get it that these guns are different. The choreography is different. I, if it's my understanding, they're not getting the guns until that morning, correct? Or or when they get there. They're issued. They're standard issued NASCAR pit guns, yes. So if that's the case, they aren't getting much time to work with them and aren't getting much time to practice with them. And I understand that, and they have pit crew practice back at the shop, but you really can't have it now because you don't have the guns in order to fix the problem. So I think NASCAR is going to have to look at maybe giving these guys guns at, at the for them to use to get this under control. If they don't get it under control, they're going to have this problem. Now, do I think he's complaining a little bit, and we probably should get him a diaper and a and a, and a baby bottle? Yeah, we're quite possibly. Right. But quite possibly, just give him a diaper. You guys are professionals. Figure this out. You had the same problems with the five lug nuts last year. You guys weren't they weren't getting them all tight. So what was their excuse last year? That they you know, had to I'm not saying to the tire. 
Now it's really, you know, we have for the last two years, Craig, we've seen suspensions, we've seen penalties come down to crews who had missing lug nuts. But the issue now is far greater than what it was when you hit three out of five. Now, what's going to happen when one? Yes. Exactly. I agree with you. I'm just saying that we've had we had the same problems last year when we had five. And, you know, we weren't getting lug nuts tight. Like you said, to further your point, we're down to one lug nut. Now that sucker comes off, it's going to hurt somebody. Not only is it going to hurt somebody, it's going to beat your car down the pit road and look like a bigger idiot. Um, I don't know what guns so that they can practice during the week. You know, practice makes you almost perfect. Well, and he said that repetition is the key to this, and, and you know, that's basically saying, that, hey, we, we know it's an issue. We're just going to work harder at it. But, look, there's nothing – there's nothing that you can do if your magnet or O-ring slips off and, and you basically go to put a tire on that has nothing there to hit. So right. um, I believe that's what he was explaining that happened with Denny Hamlin. The magnet basically come off of the tire. So when they – and I don't really know how they have a magnet on an aluminum tire, but maybe I'm missing something there. But anyway, um, uh, on an aluminum rib, but – yeah, the magnets don't normally work on aluminum rims. But anyway, he said the O-ring and the magnet had come off of the tire, which meant basically, by my understanding, that there was he was basically hitting dry air when he when he uh, plugged in on the nut or on the uh, uh, where the yeah. nut was supposed to be. What's that called? The, the shaft or whatever. So uh, yeah, uh, I said nut and shaft in the same. And yeah, please, somebody save me here, guys. Well, this is supposed to be PG yeah. rated. It's supposed to be, it's supposed, the nut is supposed to go on the stud. So when they zip yeah, that tire yeah. on, it, it should go on right away. Now, I know they're using the same, they're using the same center nut. And on the old tires, uh, they would epoxy them on to hold them still. So that way, when they put the tire on, they were there and all they did was zip around. I'm wondering if the manufacturer of this said piece, or pieces can figure out a way that it stays there, that they can secure it, or secure that magnet on the inside of the aluminum rim. Because, like you said, Chris, aluminum and a magnet, I thought, weren't conducive to one another. I thought they didn't get along. You know, I thought it was like Jeff Gordon and and, uh, Jeff Gordon fans and, and Dale Earnhardt fans. We didn't like the Gordon fans, and they didn't much care for us. But, you know, NASCAR's got to figure out something with that. And, you know, I I think they will. I think this whole car is trial and error. But, you know, going back to what we said earlier in the year, I think minus, minus, what was it, Martinsville or one of the races that was really bad as far as this car, I think we've had solid races from this car all year. So I think NASCAR is on to something. It is definitely not what the COT was back 15 years ago. That thing was a disaster. So, Dad, you're quiet. Uh, he might be taking care of the baby. Um, 
he might be taking care of the baby. Just say he was he was leaving. I just you know I yeah. hope that um, I hope that they can figure it out and you know they'll come up with they'll come up with a good solution. So, uh, Chris, we're at eight thirty, my friend. You know what that means, don't you? Yeah. Time to go to our next. It day. is. Yeah, buddy. It is stat of the day. Well, my only stat of the day that I have at this point in time is uh, 22. 22 wins now by Hendrick Motorsports at Dover. 11 more than any other closest competitor. Hendrick, I, I hate to do this, but does can we not say that Chevy may have a slight advantage here with this new car? Are we Are we... Are we too far off by that? Because Toyota's getting to run like crap, and Ford's ain't really doing much better. Um, but, you know, you're seeing Richard Petty Motorsports or Petty GMS or whatever. They're running up front. Trackhouse is a powerhouse. Okay. Um, what are we missing here? Does Chevy have an advantage that we're just not talking about yet? I think, I think what it is, and hopefully Castle chime in when he gets back. Um, I think what it is is the Chevy camp is working together as a cohesive unit to make their program with this car ten times better than the other manufacturers. Um, I mean, listen, we everybody thought when Cindric won the 500, I was listening to it on the way back to the campsite. Everybody thought, oh, Cedric is going to be a power. Ford's going to dominate. Ford's going to do great this year. They're going to have a they're going to have a phenomenal year. Where have they done? Nothing. Yeah, you Cedric know, is going to be great. What if what has he done since? Prove. Yeah, as a matter of fact, even even a even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. I told you. You know, I just. I think that Chevy is working. All the teams are working as a cohesive unit to get this car dialed in, and they have been able to do it where the other teams have not. And you know, case in point, Hendrick Motorsports, four cars, four all four of them have won now this season. Ross Chastain, he wins at Coda, then he wins, then he wins at Dega. That's two wins for him. Suarez, he's consistently running well. Um, Petty GMS, as you said, consistently running well. These guys are all on to something, and maybe these Ford and Toyota teams need to get their head out of their behinds and figure out, hey, we need to work together. All of us need to work together for the common good, and I thought that's what Toyota was all about. Well, you know, I, I, would, I didn't know that 2311 was anything other than the fifth and sixth uh, cars of, of Joe Gibbs Racing. Obviously, there is something missing. I don't know if there's something missing between Ford and and Toyota or if Chevy just has that much of an advantage right now with this new car. I mean, the new car was yeah. designed by Richard Childress, and obviously uh, the, the leaps and bounds that we've seen – uh, Richard takes in that team over the last two years, well, for, even from last year, has been night and day. So, uh, 
you know, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not crying yet, but uh, where Ford only seems to be uh, compatible is at Super Speedway or uh, high downforce racetracks. So um, Penske scored their worst uh, finishes in 15 years, I think it was that I read. Uh, the, the unreal that they didn't have a single car finish in the top 20. Uh, this past weekend at Dover, Joey Logano had issues, Blaney had issues, Cindric had issues, and I'd be, this is, you know, talk about people with issues, Kurt Busch wrecked another race car. This is like four weeks in a row Kurt Busch has wrecked a race car uh, at, at the Toyota yep. camp. So, uh, quick note, that and I know that miss this during, during the first segment, uh, Josh Berry actually won the Dover race in the Xfinity Series. A big shout-out to Josh Berry. Of course, I'm a big fan of Josh Berry, and uh, I, he's mainly, uh, most of the time, on my radar for picks. Uh, but uh, so Josh Berry come out this past weekend and uh, put a way whooping on everybody. Yeah, I think that uh, I think he's definitely going to be on one to watch, and I think that if, Junior Motorsports does decide to start up a cup team, he's definitely going to be their driver. But yeah, we'll so what do you think about the All Star we'll team that Dale Junior announced uh, for the '88 and the Xfinity car? They're going to have Willie B. They're going to have Chase Elliott. They're going to have Kyle Larson in it, and uh, it's going to be basically a fifth Junior Motorsports car uh, with some part with uh, some part time drivers. Uh, Junior's got his cup on. He got his cusp on on Xfinity Series. Um, any, any any of y'all surprised at this move by Junior Motorsports to go to a fifth team? I'm not really. I think what he's doing is he's he's building up his arsenal to what I just said. Start a cup team eventually, and he wants to see what goes where. So that way, when he does become a fifth car at Hendrick, because we know that if he's aligned with Hendrick Motorsports, and we all know that he is, it's going to be a fifth Hendrick car. Um, I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing to give maybe somebody possibly uh, a shot at at the Infinity Series from the Cup, from the Truck Club, from the Truck Series. Um, that might be a way for him to fill seats. Sure, he's going to put the regular Hendrick drivers in it for now, but I think it's I think that's just to see where it's going to go from there. Yeah, and with the debut, bringing back the 88 car, Craig, that does say something about what the future of junior motorsports is. That You know, obviously Hendrick Motorsports is no longer carries the 88 race team. Uh, the announcement of this fifth race team after, of course, uh, Dale Jr.'s already raced uh, his one race that he races every year. Um, I, I think this is a product uh, a preview of what what Junior Motorsports has in store and, and putting the Hendrick Elite in there. I mean, we're talking about a race team now that has four, all four of their drivers are, are, have wins already this season. Um, uh, it's, a, it's another... It's another Hendrick, Hendrick Christmas, I guess. Uh, it's kind of old, though. Yeah, I think they could. 
like I said, it's going to be just another fifth Hendrick team in the Cup Series eventually. Um, and and I really wish I wish NASCAR would figure that out because they're not dumb. They know what's going on. So, I mean, Joe Gibbs Racing did it with Denny Hamlin. Well, we can only have four cars up here, so here, you create a team, and then we can run it under our banner, and we'll name it something else, and that's exactly what Hendrick is going to do. That's exactly what JRM is going to do with Hendrick, and, you know, it's... Uh, they used to call it what they called it what a technical alliance, if you will. So, yeah. well, my stat of the day, my stat of the day is something that I brought up earlier in the chat. I like to look at it like this: Chastain has seven top five finishes in eleven races. Now, Taz wow. looks at it as he's got seven top ten finishes because if you're in the top five, you're in the top ten. But saying top five is a little more impressive than saying top ten. So, you know, and I'm sorry. He is he is the premier driver at track house racing right now. I don't care what anybody says. That deal was put together late in the late in the off season. Um, I think the I think Amigo there is being used as a test crash dummy. Uh, well, it seems no, like I, I, I think he's getting the same uh, equipment. We we watched Ross saying some amazing things that I, I don't think any of us thought three, four years ago when Watermelon Man was riding around in a Nice Motorsports truck that uh, he would uh, be on the career path that he's on now. But obviously the guy had a lot of talent. And I'm not saying that Daniel Suarez has any less talent. Suarez hasn't been at the right place at the right time yet. When Suarez starts finishing – first, second, and third, as Chastain has done throughout this season, then we'll see him as as a true competitor. But nonetheless, you have to say Suarez is doing a hell of a lot better this year than what he's done in any other ride. So, um, oh, God, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a night and day comparison. He's definitely in the right place, and, and he may not be. We, we may look down the road and realize that Ross Chastain was a superstar in the making. I, I don't think that any of us could have guessed that. I don't, I think that uh, we're probably a little bit too far fetched to talk about it. The, the likelihood of this even happening. Uh, but, you know, I mean, 10 years from now, there will be somebody who has accumulated a whole hell of a lot of wins, just as the Harvicks and the Johnsons and the, uh, the Bushes of the world. Somebody's going to win these races, right? So, you know, it could very well be uh, Ross Chastain and, and the track house powerhouse team that they've been able to put together. I think that what we should add is this is not a new team. This is – we are fooled by the change of the name. This is Chip Ganassi 2.0. This is Chip Ganassi Racing right. 2.0. Everybody in that shop come from uh, Chip Ganassi. Everybody on Ross Chastain's team was his same team that he replaced Kyle Larson with. So that's a proven winning team with Kyle Larson that adopted Ross Chastain as their driver and now has been renamed Trackhouse. So people seem to forget two years ago 
this was Kyle Larson's team. No, I agree with you. I agree. But seven or eight wins already in his career with with Chip Ganassi. I just think I just think that you know I think Amigo is doing phenomenal for where he is, and I think and and Justin Mark said it perfect today. We missed the setup on Daniel's car. If we had the setup, he was a solid. He was a solid top ten car. Um, so they've pretty much gone back and they were rewatching tape, trying to figure out what they did. And I'm going to tell you, either I really think this, that Suarez will get a win here, you know, shortly after, shortly after the all-star race in Texas in a few weeks. Um, actually, I think it's next weekend. Is it not? Cause this weekend is the throwback weekend. The one important so, thing about about the, how this case is set up is once Chastain gets a couple of wins and a definite for sure, attention will probably be moved more towards Suarez, right? Because Chastain has got things going. Right now, you know, it's kind of Suarez is the test dummy, but as the season progresses and Chastain gets a little bit more, you know, maybe, he's got two wins now. So he's he's almost a definite lock for sure. Like we said, you win and you're in. He's got two wins. I don't think he's going anywhere. Now the attention and all the resources need to be put towards Suarez so that we can continue to believe Trackhouse is on the right path to become a powerhouse. Because like you said, I think it's very important. If you're going to make that leap and be more than just a suburb race team or a good race team, in order to be a powerhouse, you need more than one big driver. And Suarez uh, – May or may not be that guy, but uh, I think uh, Trackhouse will put their resources towards uh, Suarez to at least see if maybe they can get both of these drivers uh, on on the same level. So it's uh, 15 top of the hour. Uh, this is generally uh, where we play uh, black uh, black flag or checker flag. I'm wondering if Taz is Taz able to uh, join us for this segment. He says he's listening the best he can. I know he's at a family function. Um, but I, I would say if Taz, Taz, are you there? No, he, he's not going to be available. So, um, um, so black flag, checker flag. Uh, start with you, Craig. Uh, black flag. I... Black flag I have to give to Denny Hamlin's crew uh, for the lug nut. That was not something they needed, especially after they won the stage. Um, like I said, they've either they've either got it on or they've got it off as far as their season goes, which kind of sucks for them. Um, and checkered flag, I have to give it to the Dover race fans for showing back up on a Monday. I did watch uh, this morning from what I could see before I left for work, and the stands looked pretty good for it being a Monday race. So I was quite impressed by that. So kudos to the yeah. to the fans, and it shows that hey, and and kudos to Dover on top of that because they have the rainout policy. So you know, yeah. they didn't have they don't have to have a rainout policy. Hey, it sucks to be you. You have to buy your tickets. I think they lose definite uh, people to buy tickets 
initially, but so kudos to them as well. What about you? Yeah. Well, to further up your your point, if they did not were not able to make the race on Monday, NASCAR will honor those tickets uh, at any of the tracks, the SMI tracks, uh, throughout the season, or they will honor that ticket for next year as well. So kudos to NASCAR for making sure that uh, somehow, some way, their money gets spent one way or the other. Um, my checker flag. I want to. I guess Dale Jr. Man, because you know he's seen some. We're talking about Josh Berry, and you know when he come along, everybody. First of all, he come along ten years ago, and nobody even knew who the guy was. Uh, now he's got a little bit of rip up underneath him, and and people know who who Josh Berry is. Kudos to Dale Jr. for stepping up and giving somebody the 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 old Dick Trickle shot. You know. Because Dick Trickle for years rode around in in, modif- uh, in, in late model cars and uh, and put butt whoopings on people all across America, and you know earned his way to the top of the board uh, in, in in the you know the best stock car series in the world. Dale Jr. has done this with uh, Josh Berry as well. Um, you know, giving this guy the opportunity. Uh, everybody kind of messes up on their first shot at something. This is, you know, this is just proving that you don't have to have a 20-year-old driver uh, to go out there and win. Um, you can actually have a seasoned driver get behind the wheel at, in his 30s and be competitive and actually, you know, bring in some wins, and that's exactly what he's done. Now, but my flag flag, I think we've already mentioned this. I've got to go – I've got to give it against NASCAR, man. We've got to get earlier start times so that we quit running into these afternoon showers. We're fixing to hit midsummer, and these three o'clock, two o'clock start times. Well, it's just going to create a lot of uh, having to come home early on Monday from work, or or just outright miss the race. And uh, you know, with the economy the way it is right now, people are just going to have to miss the race, right? I mean, because you can't miss work just to come home and watch a, a stupid NASCAR race. This was this is literally the first race that I wasn't able to sit and watch on TV because I had to go to work. I had to work. I had to make money, you know. So I mean, just think about the viewership and all that you lose by people who are not able to watch on Monday afternoon or Monday morning. If you can start at twelve o'clock on Monday or eleven o'clock Central Time on Monday, then let's do it on Sunday too. <laughs> No, I agree. Kaz wants to chime in, I believe. All right, so black flag. It's going to be on Craig for uh, picking the cup winner again. Just kidding. Um, Black flag. uh, Jeez. I'm going to give it to Denny Hamlin because NASCAR's call on Denny Hamlin's crew, I think – they missed the per- the person to be suspended for real. And checker flag is gonna be is gonna be Chevy. I mean, top dogs. Where's the rest of you guys? Where's the rest? Ouch. Well, that's that's what we said earlier. Um, where are the rest of the teams? What are they doing? And. Uh, I think the young I think the young lady wants to chime in too. 
but uh, yeah, I, I can't agree. I can't agree more with with uh, Taz as far as NASCAR and and what you said, Chris, about the start times on Sunday, man. It sucks. Oh, that, I got know, another checker flag for y'all. Weekend. Shoot. Another checker flag is that uh, I'm not hating on Stuart Friesen, but when if you watch him on a weekly basis at Fonda, it does get a little boring watching him win after win. And it was nice seeing him not win. Somebody else quite deservingly earned it. Well, years ago, I said that Fonda Speedway was the track of Friesen, not the track of champions. And uh, he kind of laughed that off at, at a wedding that I DJed for uh, – uh, Chip Constantine when he got married a few years ago. But, uh, yeah, no, it's great to see somebody else win back at Fonda. Uh, sucks that some of our past guests have had some bad weeks there. Uh, I know, I do know that uh, Swagger or Team 1H, Schaefer Racing, had a good shot. Zach Dufel finished, I believe, in the top five. So that is, that is great in the Team 1H car, Schaefer Racing car this past weekend. Uh, you know, I just, it, it just sucks. For some people, they have bad luck at tracks. I think NASCAR, getting back to the whole NASCAR thing, I think NASCAR needs to figure out consistency at times. And it sucks that people have to miss races because of a non-set time. Like Chris said earlier, we've said it. If they set it back to 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, you're going to have half the race run. Uh, by the time they call it for the rain, and, and I know in my job we beat we try to beat the rain every day, and that's exactly what NASCAR did. I told the sales team today, I said, treat this like a NASCAR race. We've got to beat the rain. Chris says it. Hey, we're coming into the we're coming into the season down here in the south where it rains every day between three and five. I was in Cape Coral today, working and. It was fine at 2.30, and about 3 o'clock, the clouds started rolling in. Skies opened up at about quarter after 4, and it was miserable for about an hour. And then, boom, it went away. So, you know, NASCAR's got to figure that out. They won't. It just sucks that TV loses viewership and that the track loses revenue because they've got to – people got to go to work the next day. You know, you don't you don't plan on you don't plan on taking an extra day. So we're coming up hot topics, hot topics. Isn't that or wasn't that a store? But that's what we're going to talk about next, I believe. Is it not, Chris? No, I believe next uh, coming up at the eight thirty hour, we're going to discuss the top five that are no longer that you that you feel are not going to make the chase. We've got just a few minutes left in the uh, rumor meal time so we'll go to silly season reports real quick before we go to the top of the hour uh silly season reports kyle bush uh and martin truex jr are both uh seeking new contracts also it is rumored that eric jones may be looking for a way out of uh gms uh well petty gms motorsports um it's a little early to kick off silly season, but when you already have guys talking about contracts, uh, you have to you, you have to know it when you when you when you smell it. Uh, 
claim it when you when you smell it, I guess. Uh, it is silly season time. Um, what do you guys thoughts? I mean, you think Kyle Busch or Martin Chooks Jr. resigns the JGRs? Does Eric Jones land uh, somewhere else? And if he does, where? Uh, we'll start with Eric Jones. Does he or does he not uh, stay at uh, Petty G? With, I mean, with the resurgence that we could say, right? The resurgence of GMS Petty Motorsports. Does Eric Jones continue his career there, or is he looking for another opportunity? I, I would almost have to ask why he wants to leave. Um, they're obviously on the uptick. What is it that he doesn't like? If he's searching for a way out, does he know something that's not been released to the general public yet? Um, I think it's because he's got the same faith that some of us fans have in him, that he's now seeing that he's got the talent. It's just a matter of putting him in the right equipment. I think the Joe Gibbs 20 car, um, I mean, Joe Gibbs, you can't get much better than that other than maybe Hendrick or maybe a Penske. Um, if Stuart Haas was in their prime, I would put them in there too. But I think um, where Jones was with the 20 car, being that it's the fourth, it's the least best car, I don't know how else to really say it, and in the stable, uh, it's and then to go down to Petty where you have no teammates, which is great in a sense, um, but it kind of sucks because you have nobody to rely on, but now you're kind of the head yeah, honcho at Petty GMS, and right. he's starting it's to make deal. moves now. So right. I think I think he's looking for a way out, as in he knows he can do well in top-notch equipment if given the right car and the right team. I Personally, I think he needs to stay another year just to solidify that. Hmm. Well, I think he'd be uh, foolish to, to go anywhere. I I completely disagree with both of you guys, and I'll go back to something that I know y'all remember me saying in the 2021 race season. Eric Jones will be the most sought-after free agent at the end of the 2021 race season. I was completely wrong. But 2022, that comment may be completely right because he should be the most sought after free agent. He has taken a race team that, for the most part, over the last few years has been non-competitive. They haven't even led any laps since Eric Amarola was there as a as a driver. Um, he has accomplished, I think, four top ten finishes this season, which was a career best for Bubba Wallace a couple of years ago. Um, so, uh, you know... Um, if I'm building a team or I'm looking to replace a driver who's maybe retiring or, or just, you know, maybe in Cole Custer's uh, situation over Stuart Haas Racing where, you know, it's one of those family rides, but he's not doing too well, so we may have to stick him somewhere else, kind of similar to what they did with Ty Dillon and, and the whole uh, uh, Geico number 13 race team. The uh, what, was it? What, what was that race team called? I'm sorry, Jermaine Racing, you know. Uh, maybe yeah. move Cole Custer over to something like that and, and, and put the 41 uh, back, back uh, you know, with the competitive driver. I think Eric Jones would be a great fit at Storehouse Racing. Um, there's no room at Hendrick, so I don't expect him to go there. 
And he's kind of already a satellite team of Richard Childress Racing. So whether or not Richard would want to add a third race team within his actual stable to add Eric Jones, I'm not sure. What may come into play this year, like it has in the past, is there's just not a better opportunity. And that may be the case because I, I will stand by the fact that I believe 2022, Eric Jones will be the most sought after free agent, excluding Kyle Busch, because I really just don't see Kyle Busch making it to the actual uh, August or September side of silly season. Kyle Busch will know pretty much what his deal is, and pretty quick. I mean, if if, if Joe Gibbs has any sense at all, he's going to make sure that he retains Kyle Busch for the rest of his career. And as for Martin Truex Jr., I would predict that this could be Martin Truex Jr.'s last year. I think Johnny Morris may have a big deal with that if he stays at, at uh, Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, Johnny Morris, of course, the owner of Bass Pro Shops, has stood behind Martin Truex Jr. through most of his career. Uh, so, you know, if, if Martin wants one more year to sing Kumbaya, uh, then then uh, I, I believe Johnny Norris will stand behind him and give him a full sponsorship for for next season. Uh, but there again, you have Ty Gibbs who's floating on the wing and he needs somewhere to go. So you're either looking at a third 2011 team or possibly a big move at the, at the top dog stable over at Joe Gibbs Racing. Those are the three main free agents that we know of for the end of the season. I'm sure that there's going to be more. Kevin Harvick is signed through the 2023 race season. I think 2024 is when he comes up as a free agent. Um, another uh, uh, big-name driver, I think Kyle Larson, may need a new contract at the end of next year. So, um, but, but most of these guys are already signed up for next season. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think that. Uh, sorry, I thought I was on mute. I don't think Kyle Busch is going anywhere. I think he's right where he needs to be, and I think Gibbs is going to get it done. I said last week, and I think I said it in our chat. I think we're all being worked by this Kyle Petty thing. I think at the end of the day, they're going to come down, and they're going to have something put together. And it's going to be, we were playing you all along type deal. Yeah, I so mean, we'll you're talking about the highest-paid driver in Cup Series. If Kyle Busch is not the highest-paid driver in the Cup Series, I don't know. It better not be Chase Elliott uh, because you compare the two and there is no comparison. Uh, Joey Logano could be up there as one, maybe one of the highest-paid drivers in, in Cup, but Kyle Busch most definitely has earned the right to be the highest-paid driver. And, you know, as, as we've seen with any contract, they try to make you look worse than what you really are so they don't have to pay you as much. Am I right or wrong, Craig? No, I agree with you. I agree with you 110%. I think Eric Jones is going to land somewhere if he wants to leave. That's going to uh, hopefully give him competitive equipment this time. Because if not, then he's pretty much going to be done for the year, or he'll be done if for you're the track season. House, if you're track house and you've sewed up uh, Ross Chastain and uh, Daniel Suarez, we've already heard through the rumor mill that they may want to expand their race team. Is Eric Jones on their radar? You bet your you bet your bottom dollar he is. 
If he's not, they're foolish. Yeah, I agree. I agree one one thousand with that. Um, because I mean, does Joe Gibbs call? Does, does Joe Gibbs call Eric Jones? Or um, you know, I mean, really, my 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 interest is in on Eric Jones right now because he has been he's been the guy that out of this year right now. I believe Eric Jones is sixteenth in points. You want to know the type of season that Eric Jones is having? Just look at the points right now. Eric Jones is number 16, and this is going to segue right into what we're going to talk about uh, for, the, for this 30-minute segment. Eric Jones is sitting 16th. You know who's outside 16th? Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, Kurt Busch, Bubba Wallace. Um, those guys are outside. If you were to tell me right now who's had a better season, Tyler Reddick, or Eric Jones, which one would you have said? Radic. Me, I was. I would have said. I was waiting for Taz to chime in. Tyler Reddick or Eric Jones? I'd say Reddick. Little Red. Little Red. Right. Yeah, you would think that Reddick has had the better season, but but statistically, and on paper and on five points, Eric Jones has had the better season. Now. I want to chime in on the JGR deal, and I'm going to make some my, some bold predictions here. I'm going to get some haters. Y'all are going to be shocked out of your mind. Well, well, you guys already know one of them, because the other one I'm j- just thinking of. So here we go. Kyle Busch leaves JGR. This leaves the 18 car wide open. Now where does Kyle Busch go? Don't go far in the Toyota camp because he goes to 23-11. Why? Kurt Busch retires at the end of the season. So, with that being said, Kyle Busch replaces his brother at 23-11. Who takes over the Toyota 18 at JGR? I'm not looking at a driver from the Xfinity level. Why? Because Ty Gibbs needs another year in Xfinity. Brandon Jones just simply is not cut out for the Cup Series. I don't even think he's even he's even close to being ready. So, who do I look further down the line in the Toyota camp? I look in the truck series. Chandler Smith, eh, give or take, you could argue him in a sense, but I'm going to line up somebody even better. John Hunter Nemechek, who had the cup experience, who has cup experience, oh, is proven. Is proven that he can run up front in competitive equipment and win races. Now, as for Truex, keep him one more year to warm up that seat for for grandson Ty Gibbs. Wow. That's a bold move. But it sets it up to replace not only Martin Truex Jr., but also Kyle Busch. Um, and I believe that there's there's a special interest between Monster Energy and the Bush family. Uh, so I, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm I'm kind of wondering if he may be on to something there. Uh, I, I just don't see why Joe Gibbs would allow his, the best driver that's ever driven for, for Joe Gibbs to just let him leave and go somewhere else. But now if it's up to Kyle Bush and that's what he wanted to do, uh, I could see it. But, but just being that Joe Gibbs, decides to move on from Kyle Busch. I mean, he's done it before. As a matter of fact, Joe Gibbs has been loyal to absolutely no one in NASCAR. 
and wasn't as loyal as a coach either. Say that again, Chris. What's that? Did we lose him? What's that? Say your last point again. I didn't hear it. Uh, Joe Gibbs being loyal. Oh, yeah, Joe Gibbs has never been loyal to anybody. Name me one driver Joe Gibbs has been loyal to. He wasn't loyal as a football coach either. Look, I mean, it's – you know, he was a, he was a coach that would cut cut players before uh, they were eating up salary cap, and he's cut drivers before, like Bobby Labonte parting ways with Bobby Labonte, who wound up at Richard at, at, uh, at Petty Enterprise afterwards. Nobody in their right mind would have thought Bobby Labonte was at the end of his career when when Joe Gibbs decided to go with a young gun named JJ Yaley. <laughs> that didn't work out too well. <laughs> But but he had no problem uh, moving on from uh, from Bobby Labonte, who was you know brought uh, brought them a championship there at Joe Gibbs Racing. Well, Gibbs is looking at Gibbs is looking at what can you do for me now, not what have you done for me. Yeah, I think Joe so. Gibbs does look into the future and 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 wonder and 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 sees what where. Uh, these certain drivers are going to be at in the next few years, and, and maybe he does the same thing with Kyle Busch. I, I wouldn't. Uh, that's your franchise. I'm very disappointed. Uh, it, when when you go to the races and you see any kid under 13 or 12, there's a nine out of ten chance they're a Kyle Busch fan. They're going oh, to either be a Kyle Busch fan or a Chase Elliott fan, and thank God there's more of them that are Kyle Busch fans than they are. Uh, 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 Chase Elliott thing. Yeah, I don't. I kind of. I think when Kurt Busch does decide to retire, I, I agree. I think he's going to go out quietly. I don't think it's going to be a whole lot of fanfare. So, I mean, what Taz says is plausible, but isn't there some room coming open at SHR as well? As far as I know of, it's only Almarola, but that could be Jones' spot. Or Stewart could move um, Riley Herbst or somebody else in the Ford camp. I don't know. If if I'm going to put a big-money driver in there, if I'm going to put somebody that has the ability to bring me a championship and do it quickly, I'm thinking it's going to be more of a Kyle Busch than it's going to be anybody else. Um, you know, Bush, is, Bush is a proven winner. <laughs> I think two, uh, attitude, I mean, they were I think two attitude adjustments, you know, two ad- people full of attitude probably won't mix well in an organization. But, you know, stranger bedfellows in NASCAR have been made. So, I mean, they, they were getting made Kevin Harvick time was, already. What's that? They were teammates already. Right. So you're going to do what you got to do to get a champion, another champion in your stable. Kevin Harvick's coming down to the waning years of his career. That's no secret. Uh, Kyle Busch is in a contract year. Martin Truex Jr. is in a contract year. If I had a bet between the two of them, I'm going to say Truex stays at, at, at JGR and – 
Um, Bush goes to Bush goes somewhere else. All right. Well, it's playoff prediction time, so we're going to go over our top five drivers that we feel will will not make the chase or or, or will struggle to make that. I think it should be five drivers that will, will not. not make the chase. Will not. Will not make the chase. Somebody want to write this down just to see if we're right or wrong? Yep. Hold on one second. As soon as I get a pen. I will uh I will start writing this down. All right. Chris, do you wanna kick things off? Um, yeah, sure. Uh so I'm seeing Austin Dillon accelerated. Okay, Austin Cindric is ninth eighteenth in the points. Um, so my first driver that I think will not make uh the chase is a driver who actually won the first race of the season. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Austin Sindri, Um I felt, and you say, okay, well, Chris, there's certain things that have to happen for him to not make the chase. And that certain thing is for more than 16 drivers to uh, to get a win this year. And I don't, I don't think that we're that far off. Look, we, we did it last year. It just happened before the regular season races were over. We had 16 different winners last year. Uh, with the Bubba Wallace win at Talladega at the end of the year. So, uh, you know, we're not that far off from it. We're not that far-fetched. Right now we only have two drivers with multiple wins, with two wins apiece, and that's Willie B. and Ross Testing. So there's still plenty of time uh, for other drivers to get their get their name in the hat. We have guys uh, – I see what's going on here, Denny Hamlin. So the, the point that I have actually pulled up is a little bit harder – uh, to distinguish who's who and who's what because they're they're going off the actual points and not who's already uh, locked in. Uh, that's what conf- is very confusing as well to uh, fans who are trying to get interested in the sport. You you show two different points standings. You know you show one mm-hmm. where oh well Ross Chastain and Willie B lead the charts because they've got the most wins, but in reality your points leader right now is Chase Elliott. Uh, second in points is Ryan Blaney. Third in points is Willie William Byron. Fourth is Kyle Busch. Fifth is Alex Bowman. Sixth is Ross Chastain. Seventh is Martin Truex Jr. Eighth is Kyle Larson. Ninth is Joey Logano. Christopher Bell is in the tenth spot. Eric Amarola, Kevin Harvick, Chase Briscoe, Eric Jones, and Austin Dillon, and Tyler Reddick. Now, the problem with that is there's two drivers that are sitting actually outside of the top 16 that have wins. Austin Sendrick and Denny Hamlin. They both have wins for this season. So that means that only 14 available spots are there if if we go off the assumption that a win in your end is there. So that would actually put Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick outside of the chase, which um, it would be hard for me to say that Tyler Reddick does not make the chase. So I will actually have to look back up toward the board and tell you that I believe Austin Cindric does not make the rate, does not make the chase based off of his only he only has one win where he's sitting in points. But I also would have to say that Eric Amarola will not make the chase. And that's unfortunate because I think there's only about three, four drivers that are even in the top sixteen, maybe four of them total. Uh but Eric Amarola I do not think has what it takes to be 
uh, in the chase at the end of the year. So there's my two. We'll go to uh, Taz and, and and see which two he has. All right. So I actually had a handful, but if I had to go with two, one's going to be Brad Keselowski. I know there's a couple plate tracks or super speedway races left in the schedule in the regular season where he could capitalize. But outside of that, I don't see much of a chance for him, unfortunately. I don't know if it's really the equipment or if something's just really lack, or if Brad's just lacking something over there. I'm not sure, but I don't see him going into the playoffs. Uh, my other pick will be, oh gosh, there's a good number of drivers. I'm going to swing for a fence here. And I'm going to say Daniel Suarez just misses. That's a good one. And right now he is outside of the top 16 uh, based off of points and would be somewhere about the 19th mark. Uh, being the two drivers are in the chase as of now based off of wins. So Daniel Suarez and Brad Keselowski are two drivers that have been named. The other two drivers that have been named is Austin Sendrick and uh, what was the other driver? Oh, Eric Amarola. So that's four drivers so far that we do not believe are going to make the chase. Craig Moore, finish this up. All right, what two so drivers? I have to agree with outside the drivers that we've I, named. What two drivers? We'll, we'll just take the six drivers that are not going to make the chase. What two drivers do you have that will not make the chase? I have Hamlin. What? Which I know is yeah, because he's not consistent. As I said earlier, fire on a good way or fire on a bad way. And. If they don't turn it around, they ain't making it. It doesn't matter. If he doesn't do well, if he keeps having bad weeks, he could find himself outside the top 16, outside the top 20. Well, Holt, I'm going to I want to say something. And, you know, I'm not really favoring Craig, but, Chris, I kind of have to take a point you mentioned earlier as to why Craig could be saying this, because if we get more than 16 winners, Denny Hamlin is on the bottom of that list for race winners and points right now. Right. Very right. true. Very true. Austin right is now. ahead of Denny Hamlin in points, might I add. Right now, Denny Hamlin is sitting 23rd in points. He's got one win. Now, if it comes down to it, let's and we're going to play hypothetical here. If the season were to end now, they each have a win. They each have a top five. But the points would go to Cendric. If it were to end now, Denny Hamlin 
is too inconsistent. They have to figure out what the problem is there. And losing the crew chief over the next four weeks is going to hurt. And that's why I say that. I think the other one is going to be, and my original pick was Eric Almirola, but my other pick is going. I'm going to stay in the Ford camp. I'm actually going to stay at SHR, and I'm going to go with Chase Briscoe. Um, unless he win. pulls something. What's that? Chase Briscoe has a win. Right, but he's also 13th. If he has a couple of bad races, it's not going to matter. If we get a couple so of first-time have... winners again or repeat winners, if we get a couple more repeat winners, that's going to lessen that load a little bit. There's not going to be that many to choose from. Who do you take? You know, you take the ones with the wins and the top fives, and then I think they go to top tens, and then they go over to DNFs, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. And I could be wrong, but... I think that, you know, those drivers so are going to be. And Kevin Harvick, who do not have any wins this season. We have Joey Logano, who does not have a win this season. Uh, these guys are in the chase as of right now. Christopher Bell, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick. None of those guys have a win. The likelihood that they finish the season with eight wins already, eight winners, are eight different winners already, those three who you would – think would probably have a win by the end of the year. Joey Logano, Christopher Bell, and Kevin Harvick. That adds three more victories. That's 11. Our number is 16. So you add Eric Jones and Tyler Reddick by picking up maybe uh, a win here and there. That would be 12 and 13. Then you take Kurt Busch, who averages a win a season. That would be 14. Bubba Wallace you have to wonder, is he on that list? Because he as well picked up a win last season. He would be number 15. And a driver who won last season that's not having a very good season this year, but nonetheless was a winner last year, Cole Custer. So that would be 16 wins. We're still leaving out Brett Keselowski. We're still leaving out uh, possibly a Ricky Stenhouse at a plate track, who's just coming off of a – Pretty impressive second-place finish. Austin, uh, I'm sorry, Daniel Suarez could still have a chance to win. Chris Buescher could still have a chance to win. Um, those are uh, – so Martin Truex Jr., I guess, right? Has Martin, has Martin does not have a win this year. So that is another driver that could be added to the mix along with Ryan Blaney. Guys, the chance of actually a win in your end, I, I I was not convinced at the beginning when I even predicted Austin Sendrick to miss the race. But the more and more we discussed this, guys, I think y'all are right. We are going to have somebody who won that's not going to make the chase. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I said it when we were leaving Daytona. I believe I said it in the group chat. Austin Dillon's win, or I'm sorry, Cendric's win at Daytona was a wasted win because if if he makes it to the chase, 
right? If for some reason he makes it to the chase, how quick is he going to be out? We all know you don't really get that. Uh, you don't really get that um, too many chances. You can only have one. You you may not even get a mulligan. Hmm. So was Cindric Michael there? Right. You know it would be it would be Michael. just like if um, it was just like the Michael McDowell thing last year. He was out in the first round. Justin Why? Because Hayes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we've we've forever had one of these guys hanging on. Chris Busher made a chase one year uh, in sixteen. Michael McDowell made the chase one year in sixteen. Justin Haley made the chase one year in that sixteen spot. Um, you know, I <laughs> could Austin Cindric be known as the first guy to ever get a win and not make the chase. I don't think Cendric's as bad as what we're making him out to be, guys. I think that Cendric, because I actually, I actually believe Austin Cendric's going to be a threat at some of these road courses that we've not been to yet. We've only been, we've got seven road courses on the schedule, guys. We've only been to one of them. So there's still six more races out there where that's, I hate to say it, it's his wheelhouse. You know, Cendric's been known to be a great road racer. It's, it's his uh, other tracks that we've, uh, seen a semi-performance out of and you know you as many people as they want to say well he was good in the Xfinity series look you can be good in the Xfinity series Elliot Sadler was considered good <laughs> in the Xfinity yeah. series Justin Algier is considered good in the Xfinity series okay so that does not necessarily carry over to being good in the cup series um, uh, but uh, Cindric I believe we may be cutting him a little short too early, but we'll we'll have to see because I expect him to definitely be a lot more competitive at some of these road course races. And he's not that bad off uh, sitting, uh, I believe, with the 18th in points uh, based off of where the points are today. So um, some notables that we did not mention, Bubba Wallace, uh, I guess there's a likelihood that Bubba makes the chase. Justin Haley's name was not mentioned. Well, and, again, uh, as I said earlier, even a blind squirrel can find a nut. And Cody Ware. So for some reason, nobody has Cody Ware on their radar. <laughs> I'm sorry, where is he? <laughs> <laughs> that was good, Taz. That was good. I just don't uh, see. I, I just don't see Bubba making the chase. I mean, he's gonna. He, he's he's just unless he pulls out a unless he pulls out a storybook win. I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening. And if and if he does, then you can bet your bottom dollar that that twenty three eleven and Joe Gibbs Racing will throw everything at that car humanly possible sort of putting another driver in it to make sure that car gets deep into the chase. So, that's... By the way, can we have that up, but I'm dumb for all these, like, dad jokes and puns I may throw in for the rest of the year? 
<laughs> what? So you want me to you want me to download some drum sets to do Yeah. Not a problem. We'll get that downloaded. Um so I think something that we missed last week that I really wanted to talk about, Cody Ware ain't taking no junk from nobody, including the the sport's most popular driver. Can we all agree, though, that Rick Ware is not as crappy as what we've made them out to be, especially this year? Have we not seen a better organiz- better run organization this year? And also, um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we've had the same race car all year long from a company that's been known to put anybody and everybody as a sponsor on their race cars. So there's obviously – more funding coming into the uh, the Rick Ware race team. The colors, well, the, the sponsor matches the same sponsor that's on the IndyCar team. So obviously there's a there is a decent amount of money coming in behind uh, Cody Ware and the Rick Ware race team, guys. Uh, can we well, can we they agree did, there? They yeah. did downgrade. They did downgrade a number of rides. I think they had like what four or five cars they were fielding. And just throwing in drivers each and every different week in them. This year, they have, like, what, two, maybe three cars. They have a talent in Ryan Priest, which I'm still, which I'm sorry, but I'm going to throw in a silly season bold prediction here. El Marola, when he gets out, Ryan Priest is taking over his ride. Anyway. um, Yeah, I I agree with that, Taz. I think that's already a done that's why and I wasn't with, really saying the 10 car was on my radar because I feel like Ryan Priest is that driver for that for that team. But um, you have Ryan Priest who's going to be floating everywhere in Ford, but if he gets a chance with Rick Ware, you know he's going to make the best of it. You know he's going to run, run he's going to run the wheels off that damn thing. And for the uh Ford side of it too. They align themselves with Stuart Haas. They did. Hello. They have, and, and that it's created a um, a lot better uh, competitive race team, being that they're aligned with uh, Stuart Haas Racing. Um, so, well, I mean, the segments here have been. I mean, Craig, we are rolling like a freight train loaded with uh, with coal, man. We are, we are. Wait, hold on. We're, we're right missing down one the part track. of it. We're missing one part Go of ahead. it. We're gonna play into Craig's little question on this because that kind of ties into our uh, top five people of not making, well, top six people of not making the playoffs. Who? Craig asked us earlier, we could answer this now, that since we kind of answered um, our six, who has shocked you the most and who has disappointed you the most? My disappointment comes out of BK. He's not having it his way this year. No, I agree. Again, I agree. Not sure if it's the equipment or if he's just hasn't adjusted to his new role. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, you got to kick it out the window. In terms of shock, and I'm shocked his name was thrown out there for missing the playoffs, but if he keeps on quietly having this consistent role, as long as, you know, if, if his consistent runs can get a little better, 
to show for it? I'm kind of shocked about Eric Almarola. Interesting. Yeah, he's quiet. He's quiet. I mean, he's, I he's sitting here. 11th in points, one point behind Christopher Bell in the top 10. I mean, projected playoffs, he's on the cutoff line by three points over uh, Austin Dillon. But, I mean, this guy is quite, has been really quiet, and he's knocking on the door for top 10 in points. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I've just and you know what? It's a swan song year, so it's kind of like oh well. But he says he's stepping away. He didn't necessarily say he wasn't going to race again. He just said he wasn't going to race on a full time basis. So he could be secretly. Plotting for a ride on a part-time basis somewhere, you know, and he's obviously going to need a good look in order for it to happen. Drivers, team owners aren't going to pay out money for somebody, even on a part-time basis, that wrecks cars. So, you know, think about that as well. I think the drivers that have shocked me, Jess. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, go ahead. I think the drivers that have shocked me uh, that, and and I said it earlier, and that's Chastain. I mean, yeah, we expect them. They're not a new team. It's a new team for him. But we've always known he's had the talent. It was just getting in the equipment. But did we really know that Trackhouse was going to give him the right equipment? Not really. Not at all. You know, I, when I heard about this in the off season, I thought to myself, "All right, this is hilarious. This this team is yeah, not going to be a contender." And now, lo and behold, um, you know, him in the playoffs, essentially in the playoffs. I think he'd be seated if it started now. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think it's like he'd be seated third. Um, and another one that, that, that shocked me. Again, I, have to, I have to. I have to agree with Taz. I think that Kozlowski bit off just a tad more than he could chew with his overbite, and. He wasn't. He didn't think he was going to have that hard of a time, and he has. That penalty didn't help him any. And now he's grasping at straws. So the team that I thought would do well and didn't was Kislaus, Brad Kislowski race or Raj Fenway Kislowski or whatever the hell it is now. Um, I thought they would do a lot better, and they didn't. They haven't so far. And the one that I thought wouldn't be would be an also ran for at least another year was Trackhouse and they've proved I think they've proved everyone wrong. Now I will say, kind of funny, I was listening to Danielle Trotta today on my way to Cape Coral with Corey LaJoy. And if you guys have not listened to Corey LaJoy as a commentator 
I love him. Yeah, I love him. Um, I think he brings a fresh insight. I think he brings a driver's perspective. Um, he does have a hard time at times separating the driver from the from the um, uh, uh, host or co-host aspect of it. But she was hard off to get an answer from from Chastain about what him and Truex talked about. And I mentioned it to her, and I said, why, why, like, I have to agree with Corey. He's already in the playoffs. He doesn't need Martin to make it any worse for him, you know, come the uh, last two races of the last, if he makes it to the final four, the top four. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need that. He doesn't need to make anybody mad intentionally. So, but I think that, I think him, them, track house itself, it almost, I said it earlier, it almost makes me want to put on my Father's Day list the track house hat. Right. Because, well, you know, who who would have thought? With Keselowski taking that 100-point hit, uh, he would literally, he would be sitting at 16th in points right now had he not got a penalty just one point ahead of Tyler Reddick. Um, so I, I think we're overreacting with Keselowski based off of the penalty, but we'll see as the season goes on. My biggest disappointment so far in 2022 is Kyle Larson only has one win. I mean, come on. Like, this guy, like, Philly, uh last year at this time, he was already on, like, a, a win streak. And, I mean, it was just unbelievable the season that he had. And then this year he's got one win. So I think uh, – Kyle Larson was a big deal with uh, bringing back a lot of the uh, the dirt track fans back to NASCAR. And we all wondered if he was having a Mark Martin-type season where, yeah, he could come out and had a really strong year, uh, but then the next year was kind of, you know, the, back to norm or back to, you know, his winning uh, capabilities like he's had throughout his career. Um, you know, I'm I'm not quick to say – that last year was a fluke. Uh, I want to believe that uh, Kyle Larson will go on a streak here and win some more races, Uh, but I'm just not sold that he's going to do that because I'm not sure if the attention is on Kyle Larson anymore. Uh, That's the one bad thing about when you're racing for Hendrick. Hendrick's going to put who he wants as his top dog, and a lot of times uh, those are people that are – brought up through the organization and not people that have signed contracts to come race there. Ask Dale Jr. Uh, Dale Jr. thought he, 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 Dale Jr. going to, uh, going to the Hendrick Motorsports so much reminds me of, uh, Russell Wilson's, uh, ex-wife who, uh, was there with him at draft day, uh, when Russell Wilson got drafted by the Seattle Seahawks, how happy she was only to, to get the walking papers there not long after, um, you know, Junior thought that he was sure enough had bought him way, he bought his way into a championship, and you know, uh, that was by far the story there for him. But uh, Kyle Larson definitely a big disappointment this year, as being that he's only got one win and he's not showed the type of dominance that he showed last year. I think we can all agree this is not the same Kyle Larson this year that we had last year. Now, my biggest surprise, and I, I really thought really hard on this, Craig Moore. 
and Taz Taylor uh, because Corey LaJoy, I think, has had a season um, that has been by far better than what any of us kind of had expected. It's just not really showing too much with sitting 28th in, in owner points. So uh, you you did say track house, and, you, and we've talked about Eric Jones. Um, but, you know, I really – my my the the guy that I'm surprised the most at his success uh would have uh, you know I have to go back to Eric Jones even though I've been confident that he has uh that he is capable when the whole GMS petty situation showed up uh, you know I really was not uh, did not think that this was going to give Petty much of a boost and be that that much more competitive I've been Completely wrong. Uh, Eric Jones has been very competitive all year long. Uh, it's surprisingly in a good fa- in a good fashion. Um, I'm proud that Eric Jones is getting some uh, credit that he deserves because he's always been a hard racer, and I believe that that child, that guy, that kid, that Jones boy has a lot of talent, and we have not we have not even got to the to the iceberg of how good he could really be. So, uh, uh, that's uh, about 10 minutes over that segment. I believe it's time for our fan question as we go into our throwback uh, Darlington picks. Our throwback memory, our Darlington picks, and then uh, we'll be out of here. So, uh, um, the fan question, and, 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 and Mr. Becca, I believe that um, as we've consulted each other, uh, throughout the team here, um, not driver dominant overall showing team. Yeah, Miss Lee, I agree. So we were all kind of confused at the question that was asked this week. Um, I'll read it here. Just give me one second. Uh, I told the trucks are like the bottom level for NASCAR racing series and the place for many. Try it there and see what happens. That under caution pit row is closed. With trucks, I'm told there is caution clock. When caution clock is issued by by it, they can pit. Can you explain a little bit more? Um, so I, I'm I'm not sure. I believe they're still practicing live pit stops uh, in the truck series. Uh, but now, if I'm not mistaken, the ARCA series, which really is the true beginner's class uh, for these drivers, I believe they're not practicing live pit stops. They have what was what is considered a caution clock, which means that everybody comes on pit road at one time and everybody has a certain amount of time uh, to get uh, their, their, uh, their, yeah, their, their services done on pit road. And then they all line back up on the racetrack at the same time to take the green, to take the green flag. Um, this, it has been practiced before in the truck series to limit uh, pit road action. Uh, but uh, I believe in this case, Somebody had kind of gotten confused on the series because if I'm not mistaken, and my memory serves me correct, we're still practicing live. We're still doing live pit stops in the truck series. Am I correct, guys? I mean, I'm pretty sure about that, right? I'm pretty sure we are. Yeah, I know. I know. In previous years, uh, especially in the beginning of the truck series, which was God twenty something years ago. Uh, they had basically a midway point of the season, I mean midway point of the race where they would come in and for 10 minutes, uh, about halfway through the race, they would come in and do uh, pit stops and, and get fresh tires and, and fuel 
Uh, but they no longer practice that. So I'm not really sure exactly where that information comes from, uh, but it's, it, it's not served correctly. And, and, yes, the truck series is a beginner feeder for a cup, but the truck series was originally actually designed for the old timers. That's kind of what that, what's been missed here with the truck series is the truck series was created for drivers like David Starr, Mike Skinner, uh, Rick Houston, um, uh, man, come on, give me some more. Ted Musgrave, Johnny Bench, not Johnny Bench, Johnny Bent's son. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> these were Johnny Starr, Matt Crafton. Yeah, yeah. So over the years, what we've seen is is uh, you know like the Brad Keselowski's and the Kyle Bushes. They they started it as a kind of a a, 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 a feeder series as well, but that was because. Uh, manufacturers wanted to uh, basically give guys a chance to kind of compete. Now, from what I understand in the truck series right now is it's all about money. There's, there's not a, there's not a driver that, uh, that drives in the truck series right now. That's not bringing something to the table if they're in a big time ride. So, uh, you know, you still have your independents like Norm Benning and, and uh, Jordan Anderson and, and those guys like that, that are, uh, full-time competitors, Jennifer Joe Cobb, uh, they're still full-time competitors in a series, and they run on a very limited budget. But what you're seeing with these guys like Chandler Shaw and, jeez, uh, um, uh, uh, come on, help me out, John Hunter Nemechek, all these guys, they have, they have money behind them. And so they're in these truck rides because they are they – are, basically renting a ride with sponsorship money. Um, uh, I'm not sure how to, how to further my point there. You guys want to help me out? Yeah, Miss Leach said it best, but I was getting ready to say it well, too. Um, it's all about the dollar amount. It doesn't matter what series it is. If, if you're bringing the dollar amount, they're going to put you in a race car. Um, if you're bringing a sponsorship, they're going to put you in a race car. Chris, if you, me, and Taz were to team up and bring and and CJ and Miss Lee and bring two hundred or twenty eight million dollars to to a truck team, they're gonna put the one ten nation and and all of our shows on the vehicles. Why? Because we brought the money. They're gonna put you in a race truck or me in a race truck, and by God, we have no business getting in a race truck. If you're bringing twenty eight million dollars to the table. Uh, you're gonna have you're gonna be able to pick whatever team you want to go drive for, and you'll be able to buy plenty of trucks to wreck. So, um, uh, Ricky Bobby, I, I, I want to go fast. <laughs> I want to go fast. Listen, sure. I've seen Taz in a go kart. That is not a pretty sight. You do not want him in a truck. <laughs> Listen, so, so I kept it clean. Just what because I stored young money does not mean anything. So That's let's talk about this cost stuff. Let's talk about uh, this caution clock. Yeah, let's do that real quick because there is a thing called the caution clock, and what that signifies is basically these guys get five minutes after a wreck to try to piece the vehicle back together, whether it's a truck or a car. They're given five minutes of a caution clock. So what that means is for five minutes, these guys can work on a vehicle and try to get it up to speed. Once they go back out on the racetrack, and get up to speed, that caution clock is no longer relevant. But as you've seen this past weekend with, I believe it was Todd Gillian, uh, he, he basically, he ran out of time. Like they were trying to get the truck, they were trying to get the car 
picks and, 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 you know, was about to go back out on the racetrack. But unfortunately, that five-minute clock ran out, and their day was over with. So they had to go to the garage. I believe Cindric was another driver that uh, that fell into that victim of the caution clock. But that caution clock was designed to keep teams from running down pit row, slapping some duct tape on something, and coming right back out to cause another caution so that they could go back to pit row. So um, I'm I'm not I don't think the NASCAR should make that change there. I, I do like the five-minute caution clock. Uh, but that's basically uh, a repair situation where you, the team's got five minutes to get this car pieced back together, uh, and if they can't get the car pieced back together and get it up to speed within the five minutes, then basically NASCAR deems that car a black flag and sends it to the garage. So, uh, great question. Just, I think, uh, maybe some confusion exactly how uh, and what, uh, the caution clock is and and how it's used. So, uh, but hey, you keep those questions coming in, and we'll keep giving uh, the best answers that we can to our ability. Uh, about got about 15 minutes here. I do want to share uh, a, a, a memorial since we're going to the throwback. Uh, I wanted to keep it pretty simple here. Uh, something that just reminds you of the old NASCAR or something a memory. Maybe it's a paint scheme. Maybe it's a wreck. Uh, just something that sets out from your memory as we go into the Darlington Throwback Week. Uh, I'll start with you, Taz, since you're here. Uh, Taz, uh, what, what's what's one of those throwback memories that you have that you want to that you want to tell us about real quick? Oh boy, I would have to go back to the Dale Jarrett days. Um, anything Dale Jarrett related with the Ford. Uh, quality care, red, white, blue car, the old UPS car. I know Brandon Brown brought it back uh, for one – or brought it back, I think it was last year or the year before. But those those are the cars that basically sold it. I mean, especially the quality care uh, Ford 88 for Dale Jarrett. I mean – when I first got into NASCAR, my first favorite driver was Dale Jarrett, and he that was the car he ran. Awesome. Good deal. Cool. What about you, Craig Morris? I know you go back uh, to the days, have to days, say, right? And Kale Yarbrough days, right? I, I'd honestly have to say I always liked the um, – oh, we're talking throwback. Um. I don't really have a favorite throwback. Just think of one. Because like maybe I'm, it was a cool paint scheme, or, or maybe it was a race that was your favorite race that you, you know, that, that where somebody won. Uh, while Craig's trying to come up with what that, I'll give y'all mine. Uh, I was everybody knows I was a smoker for 25 years. So as I go back and I think about the throwbacks and something that you'd probably never see again, I have to mention Dick Trickle smoking under caution. Yeah. Yeah. That's something you'll never see again. And I'll be honest with you, when I when I seen it as a young kid, it kind of made me want to smoke cigarettes. I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> between that and the Joe Camel car, man, I swear, <laughs> NASCAR had it out for it. Uh, but Craig, come on. I mean, it, it's simple. What, what, what's one of them? What's something that stood stood out from you in your memory bank over the last fifty something years of racing that you've watched? 
Well, what's one thing that, that comes to your mind? Right was now? always in September. It was never in May, for crying out loud. I agree 1,050% with you. It pisses me off. Like, it's supposed to be a you southern do, 500. You do Labor Day weekend. You do, right. you do Labor Day weekend. That was the throwback race. I said it earlier. Dude, I didn't even know the throwback race was this weekend until today. Because... I was so ingrained on it being in September. So that was the way you, you kicked off memorials and you kicked off the summer with the Coke 600. You ended the summer with the throwback race if you were a NASCAR fan. Southern 500. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so your favorite you know, throwback memory would be the what? The, uh, the, let, me, let me look into my Chris. I know what it would be. It would be it would be all the cars wrecking at Charlotte that one year when they uh, when they threw a, a race flag condition uh, for and, and the track was wet and they all wrecked. Was that an all star race or something? I can't remember. That was an all star race. That was the all star race. Right, right, right. For me, I think mean, the greatest well, throwback. For me, I think the greatest memory for throwback is what I just said about going back to. Uh, Labor Day weekend and putting it on Labor Day weekend and getting it out of, you know, the spring, the last of the spring races before we get into the summertime crunch. Um, Back when throwbacks were cool, right? That's that's kind of because, you know, uh, nobody has a set of throwbacks anymore. You know, everybody uses digital scales these days. So, um, But only a few people will actually get what I'm talking about there. Uh, but anyway, um, the old hangman. Throwback. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so we're we're at that time. Of course, Darlington's racing this weekend. Is it all three series, or is this just a two series race? All three. Oh wow, Almondinger's on that list. Ain't it? All right, well let's get it in. I don't have any uh, any entry list. I said it earlier in the group chat. That was the cup one. I think he wants the other ones. I guess if I can... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sure Bob Parker's I'm got sure... it. Well, all right. Well, I'm able to pick first, so I'll I'll do it. I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm going to take Don Hunter Neiman check in the truck series. All right. I'm going to take. Uh, let's do. Let's go with Austin Hill in the uh, in the Xfinity series, and I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin uh, oh, wow. at, at Darlington in the Cup series. So Denny Hamlin, you want Austin to stick Hill. it to Craig right there, don't you? Yeah, you bet. You bet, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and John Hunter Nemechek, uh at Darlington. All right, so well, I why the hell I didn't pick ideas? I'm swinging the fences, going Zane Smith and the trucks for Xfinity Noah Gregson, and for the Cup side. Oh God, jeez, there's a lot of good ones. That's Darlington. 
Not everybody's good at You're that. right. It's Darlington. I will – I'm going to go with – I'm going to forget my fucking – I'm going to go with – oh, I can't think of uh, – I'm going to go with Larson for now. I'm probably going to change that. I will make a sleeper pick. Well, sleeper so pick sleeper... ain't going to uh, I didn't say anything, but I'm going to go with a sleeper pick of Eric Jones. Jesus. Oh. Wow. That's pulling one How out of the head. That was as bad. That's, that's as ballsy as me picking Chastain to win at Dakota. No. <laughs> so Mr. CJ's picks were Christian Eckes in trucks, Josh Berry in Xfinity, and Kyle Larson in the cup, which means our production manager, Miss Lee Reed, is now up on the clock for picks. Nice. All right. Somebody have her. I know she had them. I could have sworn she, she had them. Mr. CJ's. Oh. Chandler Smith. Chandler Smith. That's for the trucks. The yeah, Gator. I was gonna... The Gator. Real Gator. And for the Cup Series, Willie B. Ooh, free Willie. All right, Craig, swing for a fence. All right, Christian Eckes and trucks. I'm going to take Justin. I was going to pick Justin Allgaier, too, um, for the Xfinity Series. Because he does really well. He runs really well there. And for the Cup Series... <laughs> For the Cup Series, I might change this Thursday or Friday, but I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. Hey, I thought he was going he Kevin got, Harvick. I really thought he was going Kevin Harvick that time. No, I, I, I'm going Truex Jr. I think that, you know, he's going to be a little kicked. Um, and he's going to race like his contract depends on it because – Honestly, it does. So there is the picks. Um, I may change. I may change that one, but I, 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 I'm pretty good with that pick. All right. So we got picks locked in. Uh, Chris says for the truck. Chris says nematode. Craig says. Eckes, uh, I say the Zinger, Zane Smith, Miss Lee says Chandler Smith, and Jason also goes Christian Eckes. On the Xfinity side, Chris is going with King of the Hill, Austin Hill. Craig and Miss Lee say the Alligator. I have Mr. Aggressive, Noah Gregson, and Poisonberry. Josh Berry for Mr. CJ. Chris has the hamster. Craig has T-Rex. That could be changing. I, myself and CJ have Larson, but I could be changing mine. And Miss Lee says free Willie. All right. So, uh, real quick, uh, Monday's headlines today, starting with you, Taz. 
Uh, trucks bring the heat to Darlington while we are trying to figure out who the playoff drivers are in the cup side. All right, Craig, Monday's headlines today. All right, brother, Monday's headlines today. Al Geyer continues a positive run at Darlington in the Xfinity Series. All right. Uh, Monday's headlines today. Uh, NASCAR proves big with throwback weekend in all three series. <laughs> to contradict what Craig said. But in reality, I agree 100%. We should wait until September uh, to do the uh, the throwback race, and I thought that's what that's what it was all about. I don't know who changed it. I don't know why it's been changed. I don't like the fact that it's been changed. Monday's headlines today really should be uh, Kevin Harvick finally gets his head out of his ass and finds a way to victory lane. But I'm I'm just too scared to uh, to to actually say that. So I think I said it, but I didn't try to say it. I didn't really want to say it because I'm I'm just I think I think I'm wrong, but. If I had anything to hope on, it would be that Kevin Harvick finally gets his together and, and pulls out one at a track that he's been really good at for a long time. So um, I hope that, that that could be the case. Who knows? Maybe come uh, Monday, Sunday, maybe I change my pick or something. I don't know. Everybody else is trying to change their pick, so I may change mine too. But uh, race fans, thank you for dealing with us for another two hours this week uh, as we uh, – continue our race season here at race chat live we'll be back next tuesday night uh we want to thank you guys for listening check out our platforms youtube spotify uh, uh, itunes uh, apple podcast uh google podcast uh spreaker and a whole list of others you can find us on those platforms iHeartRadio. Uh, thank you for being a part of the show, and I hope that you continue to li- listen to us throughout the season. We're a little bit behind, guys. I think that other show is kind of whooping our tail. I think they had uh, quite as almost twice as many viewerships uh, last week as us. So we're we're definitely going to have to step it up a little bit uh, and get back up on top of things. But uh, I'll turn it over to Taz. Yeah, or <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you guys for listening. Hold on. All right, we were waiting. I was waiting for Craig's line, but Craig's line didn't work out. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for listening to Race Chat Live here on Blog Talk Radio with the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network. You can catch us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, RSS Feed, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, GeoSaving, Podcast Addict, Deezer, Podchaser, and on YouTube. Thank you to the sponsors, Phoenix Fitness, Bear Bull Market Group, and the Carolina Sports Plus. This has been Chat Live with the Costume Flag Radio, Chris Creighton, the DJ Music Man, Craig Moore, I'm the Tasmanian Double Flaggers. Taz Taylor, we'll see you the same bat time, same bat place next week, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. Have a good night, folks. Good night, everybody.
Lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.